Hi everyone, welcome to the Worth the Wisdom podcast. My name is Yinka McCauley and I'm so pleased that you've joined in for another episode. Through storytelling, we connect to the experiences of each other and today we have a special guest. Today's episode is called The Rules of the Game and I am so pleased to be joined by Ryan Heinz. He's going to be sharing with us his journey from being a professional football player to now being a leader within the health and public health care sector. Ryan, welcome to the Worth the Wisdom podcast. Feel free to introduce yourself. Pleasure to be here, and I so appreciate you having me on. Um, uh, you can I know we, we know each other for for a few years now. Uh, it's been just a just a wonderful experience knowing you. I learned a lot from you. Um, and so myself, my role right now uh, at the Ontario Health Toronto region. So I'm the community engagement lead for that for that area for that region. And so in that space, what I do is uh, I, I, I work with communities, with patients and caregivers, um, users of the system to, to understand um, how we can better serve them. And, and, and then I work on with strategy to, to really try to um, determine ways and the best ways to get their voices and their needs heard by the system um, and, and allow spaces for them to kind of speak uh, and be heard and for us to act on those. Um, I also do quite a bit of work with the University of Toronto. I'm an adjunct, adjunct lecturer there. Um, and uh, I, I help run a, an access and outreach program there to help students uh, from racialized and marginalized communities just have better access and opportunities to, to, to go to universities um, and interest in careers in public health. There's a lot of opportunities out there and a lot of ways to use um, just our natural gifts and natural skill sets. And so uh, it provides an opportunity for that. Perfect. Thanks, Ryan. We're going to dig into a little bit deep around your experience with transitions and also um, just what you can share with us from your own journey. So could you tell us a little bit about a time when you navigated a transition in your life and what did you learn from that experience? Yes, a few different transitions. I would say probably the one of the most significant transitions in my life um, happened when I changed careers. So um, what I didn't say, I guess, during my introduction was that I was I did play professional football at one time in my life. Uh, so I played in the CFL for about six years. Um, and uh, transitioning out of that into uh, healthcare was, as you can imagine, a bit of a leap. Um, it was an interest of mine for a long time, but I think, um, you know, uh, making that transition when, you know, you've spent the past 15 plus years doing one thing really well um, and you have to transition and now join um, a group of people who are all who have been and are already doing something else very very well um, like people in healthcare and health administration field um, it can be it can be a challenge and for me um, one of the biggest challenges I had was dealing with I guess the significant level of self-doubt um, you know, when you, when you, I, I, I actually remember going, going into my, my first day of class. So once I, once I, uh, retired, I, I started to get my master's in, um, health administration at the University of Toronto and Belmont School of Public Health. And, uh, I remember on, on my very first day, um, showing up being very, very nervous, of course. Um, and once I finally stopped sweating, <laughs> I <laughs> got into the class and it was, um, um, 
director of this, VP of that, uh, physician here, I've been a nurse here in the MERS, and all these kind of things that to me were just so amazing and fields that I had, 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 had at one point been interested in. Um, and uh, I was definitely intimidated, very, very intimidated because I was a football player and had no sort of clout or it, that, that life experience that was highly valued somewhere else meant almost nothing in this in this in this space um and understanding that you know football players may or the term of football player even just that um stereotype might carry some expectations of what my level of intelligence was uh, and so i spent the first i don't know six plus months striving to prove myself as someone who is worthy enough to be you know with the people who i was in in, in my class um, so that to me was a major difficult to transition for sure to build on that in terms of um, title and how one identifies or or ties their self-identity to a specific title or role that uh, you're playing from when you described your experience as a professional football player and having that title and what that um, experience meant to you in terms of your identity to then transitioning and becoming a student and also as you mentioned some of your lecturers or professors had all these big titles in terms of you know their role within healthcare. I think about um, just in terms of like the experience of a uh, emerging or recent graduate and that piece around confidence and how much we tie our self-identity or even worth to titles. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, and it's uh, that's a that 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 point is is very accurate, um, and I think. Anyone who's being honest with themselves uh, knows that um, even if they're not doing that now, at one point they were doing that, and I would say a large percent of the world does that. You know, one of the first things you ask someone when you meet them is, "What do you do?" Right? And once you once you do that, you start to categorize that person as almost a certain personality type, or just to like it builds a better picture of who they are. But it's so funny because who you are is not what you do, right? Um, and so you can do a number of things. And I think for me, um, when I transitioned and faced that sort of identity crisis um, of I'm no longer a football player, but wait a minute, what am I? Um, you know, because I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to be just a student because what does just a student mean as being a former professional football player? And then looking at everyone who's in my class who were my, 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 my fellow students who were already had their own titles and I didn't. And I was like, well, does that mean that I'm less? And, you know, again, that contributed to the feeling that I needed to prove myself around my peers. Um, and even really, unfortunately, to my professors, right? And, and you would hope your professors would be able to just see talent and see intelligence and see that. But it's unfortunate we generally tend to see your label and the name and the, the letters behind your name and the careers you hold. I think your transition that you described from going from becoming a professional football player to then going into um, a student to now even hearing within your introduction how you've excelled within your career, that's definitely, I think, a reflection of a positive um, transition. With, within any transition that we go through, there is an opportunity to glean wisdom from it, even if it is difficult. And it's in a way an opportunity to try to shift our mindset and our perception around how we are viewing 
what we're navigating. It's, it's probably very difficult to do during the actual transition and moment itself. It's probably easier to do when you're looking back, so hindsight. But I would love to get your, um, just your insight on that in terms of difficult transitions and just the mindset or perception that you, you yourself had to um, utilize or you know, if you have any suggestions to share with others around how they can also try to shift their mindset. And I think it also ties into some of the mentorship that you do, and which we'll talk about a little bit later um, with students, but would love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, so in terms of transitioning, especially transitioning mindset, um, you know, again, we, 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 had, we talked about just what it was like to have an, uh, that title versus who you are. And I think that transition forced me to um, learn to see myself as something different. Um, and uh, I guess that kind of speaks to what my mindset was. And so I think you described it as kind of like having a positive mindset or whatnot. And I think, you know, as I, as I, as I think about it, and, and maybe some of that, that came from being being a football player and wanting to get to that level or the, the highest level that you can get to, um, I would say it's 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 a more it's a non-defeated mindset. So I think for me it's more it's it's it's, it's less necessarily positive because there were a lot of times that it wasn't very positive. Um, but I think it's when you're at that place, it's what's the decision you're you're going to make at that time. And I think at that point, you know, we I've, I've done this all through my life in football where it's well, I can choose to be defeated now, or I can rebound and um, decide that I must excel and find a way to excel. And I think actually, as, as I describe it, um, it's definitely something that football helped me with because when I got embarrassed on the field and there's a lot of people there watching, you have the choice to either crumble into a ball or you have to step back out on the field the next play and deliver. Uh, and I think when I transitioned into this whole new space, you know, there was a lot of jargon thrown around where I was lost. There was a lot of conversation happening where I just had no idea. Um, I, I I would put forth suggestions and then that was not be accurate. And so there's a point where I was not saying a thing. And then, but then really it was, well, what am I going to do here? Am I am I going to be defeated? Am I going to let this defeat me? Or am I going to do everything in my power and change every behavior I need to change to make sure that I excel? And excelling to me is, 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 is important. So um, I guess... It's a more, it's instead of being positive, it's more just, I just refuse to accept and um, be okay with um, sustained defeat, if you will. Cool, sustained defeat. That's... I say that because, because we do lose sometimes, but it's about, am I gonna just accept that that's just gonna be my norm? And I refuse to do that. Right, I agree. I'm uh, reading a book right now, it's called The Success Principles by, uh, I think it's Jack Canefield, the individual who did the Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul series. And it's, um, within this book, his principle number one talks about um, taking accountability for your life. And one of the things that he mentions is, is to stop blaming and to just say that like, part of how you're able to respond to things that might be negative is to say, okay, what can I do moving forward, right? So rather than saying like, oh, this happened to me or that happened to me, yes, it happened, but how can you then continue on? It's it's really up to us as an individual to figure out what our next step is. So I kind of, that's what kind of came to mind as I was hearing you speak about that in terms of the non-defeat mindset. So that's okay. great. 
Um, so I think building on just your analogy and reference to football, one of the things that we talked about um, was the rules of the game. So when you were um, mentioning in terms of football, I'm sure that there's, I, I'm not really that familiar with football, I have to just put that out there, and like what the rules of the game is, but I'm sure in terms of the transition from you know, being a professional football player to then now being in healthcare, and even within healthcare as a student, you know, there's rules that we kind of navigate around, you know, our academic journey. But once we actually get into the real world and how that plays out in terms of our career and the trajectory and the context of working within, you know, a setting, there's also rules of the game too. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that in terms of just what did you have to learn through those different transitions around the rules of the game? You know, it's it, it's interesting. The the like every different environment is a, an an entirely new game with a different set of rules. Um, and um, I would say that I think what I learned um, was that while there's a lot of skill sets you may take from one game to another, um, you have very very uh, reflective and perceptive uh, early on in the game um, when once you've transitioned uh, and, and to, 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 in order to learn the rules of the game because again, you, for example, I came in feeling like I could speak kind of how I would, would, have, would have normally spoken because I am very transparent and I, and I, and I say, oh, I don't know this and, and I'm just open like that and, and that may work for some people and it definitely works in football, you need that, but it, you know, in the classroom, then people think a certain perception of you. In the workplace, there's a, there's a different perception of you. Um, you know, I would say the healthcare field is, uh, if I'm going to be pretty honest, it's like it's fairly passive aggressive. People are not. Oftentimes, you're not seeing a lot of um, people saying, you know what, I disagree with this and I disagree with that. You know, and, and being just able to disagree amicably. There's a lot of. Um, I'm not going to say anything here, but I'll leave and I'll say a lot elsewhere. Uh, and to me, that was not the field, the, the area, the, I guess the game that I knew, or those weren't the rules that I knew. The rules that I knew was in order for us to get through something together, we have to, like, let me know what, what you disagree with. I know what you disagree with so we can figure out how to work together. Um, and so uh, I would say one of the most, one of the best lessons I learned was in every new space, um, be very perceptive of how those around you who have been in that space are speaking um, because you need to spend time learning all the major rules and all the small rules um, and as you the more you learn the more you speak and the more you feel comfortable doing that but um, expect the rules to be different uh, and, it, and it, it almost sounds like like a common sense kind of thing but I think we're just naturally more inclined or maybe I was just more naturally more inclined to um you know, feeling comfortable in a space when I really needed to stop and perceive what situation I was in now and how that was different than the one I was in before. I am thinking just in terms of um, recent or new graduates um, who might not really even realize that there is that there is like this um, idea of a game um, and what you said around being perceptive and just taking that time to listen and observe um, could help them within their ability to kind of 
have a better grasp. Of, I think I think that is a really um, really telling um, advice. I'm wondering though, for those who might not want to play the game, what would you say to that? So, you know, there's those who might be unaware that there that there's a game or that there's rules to the game, and then there's those who are like, I just don't want to even, you know partake in these in this game or having to nav because it's it's not to say it's exhausting but it's like it is a bit exhausting around having to you know not just come fully as yourself and people just want to come to spaces as themselves and not have to think about oh, rules here rules here um so i'd love to hear your thoughts on that yeah you know that's that's fair i think you know it, it's it's not necessarily a great thing that when you step into a new space, you can't just be who you are. Um, but I would say, I would almost challenge that, and I would say that there's, I'd say there's a, there's a lot of people, I would say most of us as, as human beings, um, even if we think we're who we are, I mean, and again, there's, there's different components to all of us anyways, but I think sometimes we're more of a certain way with certain groups of people than we are with others, and I feel like that's okay, because I feel like that's safe, and I think you don't necessarily bear your soul to everyone and just be that way to everyone. And I think there's a certain level of trust you build and that trust builds you bear more. Um, and I think maybe if we don't look at it as a game, as in something that we need to play, um, but it's just a matter of how you navigate everyday relationships um, and understanding that um, when I step into a new space, this is a brand new relationship I'm, 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 I'm building. And I don't necessarily need to bear my entire soul with the new people that I'm working with or bear everything I know or don't know about this new space, um, you know, or, or, or I can decide on, on um, you know, whether I do want to do that and I can take the risk, you know, so, so there's different things that you, that you that you weigh how you do that. I think in, in some spaces, um, I do go in and I say, you know what, I'm new here for the record, I don't know a lot. Uh, so I'll so I will need your support as we move forward in these kind of things, right? But but I think there's different ways you can you can you can do that. Um, but I would say if we think about it less of a less of a game and more of just a new relationship, then we look at it as any relationship that we enter into where you determine how 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 openly you share yourself with that new person. I really like that. I really love how you frame that because with any relationship, it takes trust, right? To be able to as you said, like bear or give all of yourself or even a component of yourself, there's levels to this. So I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate that. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit about rejection. So, yeah. How much time you got? How much time you got? <laughs> yeah, so rejection. Uh, many of us face it. Uh, it's definitely sometimes a hard pill to swallow, but I think you know, one of the things that we all aspire to hopefully be able to do is to have to be resilient in being able to um, persevere through it. So is there any, um, you know, insight or reflections that you can share around your own experience dealing with rejection and how you were able to persevere or be resilient through that experience? Um, so I'll say this. So, um, whether it was football, whether it was um, personal life, whether it was professional, non-football life, if you will, um, even in just regular relationships, you know, it, 
I don't know anyone who's just like loves being rejected and and and, and that's just but, but that's just eh, that is every day I think like I think that's an everyday human understanding and, and human uh, experience and um, I guess early on I, I spent a lot of time thinking about what rejection actually means like what does it mean that someone said they didn't want you for that role like what does that mean um, I think uh, it's it can feel very very personal especially in that sense um, like you are not good enough to work here or you're or I as a someone who's uh, as, as a hiring manager don't think that you're good enough and I and and I guess um, you know the only way that I can think about it without not wanting to just feel like I've been beaten down on a regular basis is just to say well me and that person just weren't a good match right or, or say that they just don't know me well enough and that's okay eventually eventually I'll see them in a, in a different space and then just hope for that one day where where where, where I get to kind of uh, to show that hey well, you know what we, we, we could have been a good match but I'll say uh, more, more often than not um, I found out after that I was glad I didn't get that particular role because it turned out to be something that I just didn't want um, and I, I I'll say this I I, I uh, you know I I I I grew up in the church. I believe in God, and 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 and, and uh, thus I believe that um, things aren't just random, randomly happening. Uh, and so it, it actually helps me because I believe that there's a purpose and uh, there's a reason why certain things happen for you and don't happen for you. And my experience in life has been um, oftentimes when I've wanted something and I said no, like God, like this is like like this is my job, and then I didn't get it. Um, I was tremendously thankful after the fact. Uh, so I, I try now not to stress a, a about rejection. Um, I assume that something better is coming and that maybe either I wasn't ready for that or I, or, or that just wasn't for me. So, um, probably that's, that's, that's my way of dealing with things like that. I agree. And I can just even speak from my own personal experience of, um, being a recent graduate, had a couple of years under my experience in terms of working within healthcare thinking that okay because I have my graduate degree and because I've you know have experience in healthcare transitioning would be easy and I went through um, a period of you know several months of underemployment and experiencing those you know those hard no's or those soft no's of saying oh you're great but you know we went with someone else and how that can you know dealing with that rejection you know can really be sometimes a hard weight to bear because then you start to internalize it but looking back at that experience I realized that where I ended up was where I was I met I was meant to be right and that's actually where I ended up was where I ended up meeting you and how you know know, and it's 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 been a part of my own journey and I think that to be honest had I not gone through that period of underemployment and going through you know facing that rejection and seeing how it was impacting my own sense of identity, my own mental well-being, you know, my own social relationships, I don't think it would have, it was pretty much the catalyst that birthed the idea of Well Millennial, you know, and fast forward now five years later and with this pandemic and seeing that there's also now a whole group of people who are also likely navigating a transition and what just pretty much, you know, was like a reinvigoration in me to say, no, I need to like make sure that 
there's a space in a community where people can talk about it. Because I think what I was going through at that time was I felt like I was so alone. So when you're dealing with, you know, rejection or a transition, it's like sometimes it's even just good to know that you're not the only one who's navigating that. So I appreciate so much about what you said around believing in God and that, you know, everything happens for a reason and that I think you are where you're meant to be and just take it as that. So to all our listeners listening out there, if you are navigating a transition right now, I just want to encourage you that it it might be difficult, but just know that you are going to land on your feet. And, and I also would encourage our listeners and think um, uh, to, to recognize that um, there's way more people out there who are hearing no's than are hearing yes, right? So if you feel like, oh my gosh, I just get it rejected, rejected, rejected. Um, I always like to actually say this. Uh, there's a there's a story I get tell when I when when we go into to, to mentorship and, and, and the mentorship piece. Um, we talk about Bill Gates and the number of companies that he failed um, before he actually landed on Microsoft, right? Uh, and just think about. How much? How, how much companies were there? I, I don't know this story, so you can tell us. If I remember correctly, he, like it was in the high teens. Like, oh no, wow! I, okay. No, I'm not forgetting, but but I mean, and 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 I'm not saying that saying like, oh well, he had it easy, you know, he had it harder, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm just I'm just talking about um, feeling rejected, and you know, if he had stopped maybe just one company short, he just never might have had Microsoft or he, or, or he never would land on that on that breakthrough, and so. Um, I encourage people to, to recognize that if, if you if you are hearing a lot of no's and hearing a lot of rejections, then that means you're actually really just one step closer to where you're supposed to be, right? Like it's a take that as an encouragement because it just means that you've 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 gone past that step that you're supposed to get 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 past, and you're now one step closer. Um, so just maybe shift the way that we that we look at rejection or failure or whatever the case may be because it just means that you are actually just one step closer because you're because you're, you're going to get there you just got to get through some, 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 some crap before you do that <laughs> that actually triggered something for me so a couple of years ago when one millennial first started there was a an engagement i did that was called the f word and the whole premise behind that topic was around normalizing talking about failure that it's no longer an F word, it's no longer taboo to talk about. And I think just in terms of the um, the culture we live in, in terms of social media and what people project, it's often the most highlights or the success. And we're not really seeing the true journey and all the you know ups and downs that someone goes through in being able to be successful. So I think that's also something in relation to rejection is that often when we look or we see other people, like your story about, you know, Bill Gates, I didn't even know how many times he's failed, but that was part of his journey that took him to be able to create Microsoft. So similarly, all of us go through life navigating rejection, experiencing failures, but often what we might project or put out will just be those highlights or the success moments. So I think that's another sort of thing I would love to unpack on a, at a later date or a little later time is around how do we start to really see failure and see rejection as part of our journey where we can learn and that it's not it's not the end of our story it's not the end of like you know this is going to def- this moment's going to define me and I'm not worth it 
Like how do we still maintain our confidence even when we we experience rejection and just know that it's part of our journey? So thanks for that, Ryan. All right, let's segue into mentorship. You kind of already dabbled in there, so let's go full <laughs> full force in there. Um, so mentorship. Uh, this is an area where within our current um, millennial lived experience survey that many have been highlighting as being one of the areas that they're most interested in in terms of mentorship. So Ryan, from your own life experience and from what you've seen in terms of being both mentored as well as being a mentor to other people, uh, why is mentorship important? For people who want to have a mentor, what are some advice or recommendations that you could give around how one can seek one out and just in general what are your thoughts around mentorship um so the last question first um and the last question is what are my thoughts on mentorship um, my thoughts are if you don't have one get one if you don't have one what are you doing get one <laughs> um you, you i i i think it's I think it's invaluable. And, and to be honest, I, I think there's mentors in, in our lives, all through our lives, just sometimes we don't classify them as a, as, a, as a mentors. I would say my very first mentor, per se, um, I didn't classify him as a mentor until much later. I, like, I didn't realize that he was a mentor to me. He was my, I want to say he was my grade 11 chemistry teacher, uh, who was also my kind of half football coach. Um, and how did I end up picking him? He was just someone who I just, like, I really admired his way of thinking. Um, it's, it's not like I wanted to become a teacher at all or a football coach, um, but it was the way he so methodically and calmly responded to things. Um, and, you know, with the interests of others around him. For and, and, and I was just so in awe of how he, continuously did that like he had traits in him that I thought I would like to have in me um and so you know I I just naturally went to him for for thoughts on on things and, and, and when I was thinking about this or you know I, I like I would just ask him he's you know he and he took a liking to me and I, I so we would just developed that relationship um so I think there are a lot of decisions I made in life um that were based on what mentors had advised me he advised me that I should stop slacking off in high school and try to get a scholarship. I did that and got up and I'm getting a, a full ride to play in the States. And that was because, you know, he challenged me and said, you think you're good, but you're good enough for what? Like, where, like, where are you going to end up? And um, that was a great challenge. A, a mentor, also someone who has to be able to challenge you. You have to respect their opinion enough that they are able to challenge you without you feeling like, well, they said something I don't like to hear and thus they are no longer someone who I want in my life, kind of thing. Um, I when I when I pick mentors, I mentioned it's, it's people who I who I, I see certain traits in them that I'm like, oh, that would be really really great. Um, I also recognize that I'm still the end decider for my own actions. So if my mentor advises me on something, again, it's all about an advisor. Like that person doesn't tell you what to do. If you have a mentor who continuously tells you what to do, then maybe that's not the right mentor. I think a mentor's um, a mentor's purpose is to get you to a certain stage where you actually don't need them anymore. Um, so if they're not interested in your own growth by your own ability to make decisions and make and take those considerations into into account, um, maybe that's not the, the, the right mentor for you or maybe where, where you're at within your, your own growth. I would say um, other things I look for a mentor, I mentioned 
it could be someone who is in a certain position um, that I aspire to get to. And if in getting to know that person or meeting with that person once or twice, I feel like there is a an initial just uh, almost like a spark where um, you both kind of have a relation with each other and that person feels like, or you feel like that person might actually care, um, that's someone that you might want to take a look at. Uh, so I would say, how do you find mentors? Um, I, I really feel like they're all around you. I really feel like they're all around you. Um, if you're a student, if you have a professor that you look at who teaches you and says, you know what, uh, you might look and say, this person is just like really, really bright. They don't have to be perfect. They just have to be someone who I feel like I can learn from. Um, and the more interactions I have with that person, if I still feel that way, I may ask for that kind of relationship. Um, you know, sometimes they develop naturally uh, or sometimes you have to seek them out. But if it's someone who you're, who's, you're, who's not immediately in your in your connection or, or, or your immediate circle, um, try to find ways that, you know, there's the six degrees of separation. Someone might know someone who might know someone who might connect with someone. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't say, I, I would say, don't ever feel like saying that you're looking for a mentor or something that you should be embarrassed about. I feel like there's almost like a, some sort of weird stigma in society where you, when you're asking for a mentor, they're like, oh, you need a mentor? Oh, no. Like, everyone is a, like needs a mentor, and the most successful people still have mentors. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, if if you're feeling like, well, what am I, like, will I look a certain way if I'm looking for a mentor? Yeah, you will. To people who are, who, who are there, they'll know that you understand what's up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they'll know that, uh, that, that you understand that um, you are never at a stage where you're, you know, too grown to learn uh, from somebody. So, I love that. Love that. And uh, in terms of your own experience being a mentor to students and other uh, young individuals, um, I would say it's one of the most rewarding things. Almost the most rewarding. I would say one of the most rewarding things I've done in my life, hands down. I would say it's. I take it with a high level of responsibility. Um, I, I often try, I, I, I will either say, well, here's what I did. Um, I, I think, you know, it, it, that's that's all you can really do. I, I, I hesitate to ever tell people, here's what I think you should do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not that person mm-hmm. with a lot of other things going on. I can only tell you what I did and you might be able to learn from that. Mm-hmm. I, I considered things and you might be able to learn from that. Um, you know, but it is, a really great experience and I think having benefited of benefited from that in high school um, I think maybe that's what inspires me to want to do that to other students in high school mm-hmm. uh, it had a profound impact and my my, my former high school um, chemistry teacher who was my president I still talk to him about a lot of stuff like I, I go to him for advice on a regular basis because he's just I respect the way he thinks um, and I would say that's why I like to do that and why it kind of, uh, why, why, why I see this being so important um, and why I will continue to try to find avenues to do that because I think it's just a very impactful way of um, elevating someone's thinking because until you get someone to teach you to think differently, you have to learn from your own experiences. And as we all know, experience is a very expensive teacher. 
So with that, I think just building on um, what you said about learning from experiences and wrapping up our podcast for today, what are the words of wisdom, the final words of wisdom that you would like to impart on our listeners? This is the Yinka's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i would say uh one thing i'll say that that that, that's helped me uh, as i step into like new places and go through a cycle of like a little bit of stuff that like am i really the right person for this and then like etc um i think just knowing that everybody out there is also just figuring it out um that um, don't be don't be discouraged when you're unsure of whether you're ready to be there yet. It's a challenge, and it'll stretch you, and it'll and, and, and it'll be good, and you'll just be better for it after. But um, don't be discouraged because I think just know that people are always seemingly so confident in what they're doing, but also figuring it out. They're all just figuring it out. And, and and when you when you when you go to your next meeting or go to your next meeting and, and you see like someone's in there just very very confident, they're figuring it out too. Out too. So true. Okay, so if people wanted to reach you or get in contact with you, um, do you have a social media handle or um, LinkedIn profile that they can perhaps search you or connect with you? I mean, I so 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 I'm not on Twitter anymore. I I left Twitter. Um, that's during my football time. Football, Twitter's a Twitter's a dark place sometimes. <laughs> so I, I would say, um, I'm 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 pretty responsive there. So uh, come find me. I'm always with the chat. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Worth the Wisdom podcast. For more information, please check out our website at wellmillennial.ca. Also, be sure to join our community on LinkedIn and on our private community space.